Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock Off the knob on top of the hydrant We was wildin' on the side of apartment lots Then the streets Welcome, welcome, welcome all my do-gatters Future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in We are back with episode 14 of Dad Hard with a podcast. As always, thank you all for tuning in and clicking that button. I really appreciate it. I say it every week, but I can't say it enough, especially with the holiday season and all that. Thank you for, for giving me your ears, lending me your time, and uh, and, and checking out the show. Uh, you know, second line of business, second thing, thank you, going out to my man Nick Stern. Thank you for coming on last week, uh, coming all the way from jolly old London. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, giving your perspective uh, from across the pond. Um, I'm, uh, I was interested to see the differences and similarities that we both go through, uh, even though we're in, in completely different countries and things are running differently and all that type of stuff. Uh, always cool conversation. I just love having these conversations. And I will reluctantly give you a congratulations, Nick, for winning our Fantasy Football League this past weekend. How a Brit won an American Fantasy Football League? Who the hell knows? Uh, It's beyond me. But anyway, thank you, man, for coming on. Can't wait for you and your wife to come on to this side of the pond and uh, and hopefully be able to meet the baby when you guys come out on your vacation uh, next year. you know, so again, thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. The episode got a lot of love. Um, and I apologize for the technical difficulties a little bit. I know he was a little bit hard to hear. Uh, hopefully, I've readjusted that for this guest, my guest this week. Um, so, you know, we'll keep it rolling, though. You know what I mean? You still listen to it. You still enjoyed it. Still got the comments and, and, and appreciation. So I really appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, off. Off on that. Next line of business, you want to connect on the fatherhood brotherhood, as always, shoot us an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com, and follow us on the Instagram at dadhardpod, as well as the Facebook, facebook.com slash dadhardpod. The followers on the Facebook are kind of going up every week, and I'm making a lot more of an effort to start adding a little bit more content. I'm I'm reading a lot of interesting articles. Um, This week specifically, um, I, I I read an interesting article that I put up on the Facebook about the rise of, of dads being primary caretakers or stay-at-home dads or whatever the, the decision may be or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that was super interesting. Uh, so I posted that up on the, on the Facebook um, in collaboration with the episode that I did with my buddy uh, Jason Sokol a couple of weeks ago talking about that whole topic. So uh, I'll be adding content like that constantly now, uh, trying to find some interesting reads for you guys to, to check, check out things that I'm, that I'm into and finding interest, interesting when it comes to parenthood, you know, um, and, and, and we'll take it from there. But this is week 19 of being a father, and uh, it was actually a particularly difficult one, and difficult for a reason I never thought would be 
so difficult. You know, I thought that this this moment would be uh, more of a relieving moment um, and an alleviation of, of pressure um, and just of, of stress. But it kind of flipped and it was the complete opposite because finally we have moved my daughter into her own bedroom. And like I said, I, I thought moving her in would be like, ah, we finally have our room back. We can talk. I actually uh, I posted a picture on, on, on my uh uh, on my Instagram story, my personal Instagram story the other day, and a friend of mine hit me up and was like, it's like, oh my God, that's the best thing to do. Now you can have your room back and you can talk and it's amazing. But meanwhile, I was stressed out of my freaking mind putting her in there. I was literally up the first night we did it. I think we put her in there for the first time on Friday. And I was literally up until three o'clock in the morning, talking to my wife's friend who's in London at three o'clock in the morning about how much anxiety I had and how I could not go to sleep because I was just sitting there staring at the baby monitor. Finally, my, my wife was like, listen, I need, I need sleep. I need, I, I can't like deal with, with, with the, the crying back and forth. And I was like, all right, cool. I, I got up and I moved on to the couch and I thought maybe I'll be able to get some more sleep there, a different change of scenery. You know, maybe I would be less inclined to look at the monitor. I could put it on a coffee table. It's not as close to my face as the bedside table. But it was even worse. I was literally sitting on the couch, wrapped in a blanket, staring at the baby monitor. I, I don't even know what I was worried about. Uh, like, she can't really roll over. She's swaddled and she has these swaddles where her arms are like up over her head. So even if she did roll over, she'd be able to like lift herself up. She's not going to suffocate on the, on the mattress or whatever. We have nothing in the crib, nothing. Um, and she seemed to be loving it. She's actually slept better this last, what, four days or five days than in the crib than she slept in a bassinet next to our bed. And you know, we, we, my wife and I have been going back and forth who is in charge of the monitor each night. And when the other one is in charge of the monitor, the one that's not in charge of the monitor is actually sleeping better also. So all around, it's amazing. But like when I'm in charge of the monitor, I am just up. I'm like freaking out that anything is wrong, that something is going to go wrong. Something's going to happen. And like, I'm not going to be there. Maybe I'm not going to hear her cry. What if this, what if that? And it's a crazy mentality that it puts you in as a parent because nothing's going to happen. We, you know, we've done everything to make sure that, like, like I said, her arms are up. She's going to be able to lift herself up. She holds her head, like, better than I can. You know what I mean? So she's not going to go anywhere. Nothing's going to happen, um, you know. Uh, but as a parent, the anxiety is so heavy. It's like a big, heavy weight that's now put on top of the rest of the heavy weights that are already on your shoulders because you're a parent. This is like another one to go on top of that that is actually, for me at least, is almost a little bit heavier than the rest of the weight because you're not there watching her. You know, like when you're a parent and you're, you know, taking care of your baby, they're always in your range of sight doesn't matter if you're in a music class, gymboree class, they're playing on their play mat, they're swinging on their swing, they're in the pack and play. Even when they were in the bassinet, you're always right there. 
And this is the first time, you know, that you're kind of giving up that control because now she's in another room. And it makes me think like, sheesh, we should have done this from jump. We shouldn't have even put her in a bassinet because now I have to not only train her to sleep in her own room and sleep through the night and, you know, the whole crying it out thing, which is a whole nother story. And I'm going to be terrible at that because I like cringe every time I hear her make a sound on the monitor. But like you have to train yourself. You have to almost sleep train yourself while sleep training your child. And that is the craziest part of it. I was at this dad group the other day, and one of the guys that I was talking to, he said exactly that. He was like, listen, you're going to put them, he, he has a, a two kids, his, his youngest daughter is eight months, which is why he was in our dad group or whatever, but from the, from the first kid, he was saying, listen, you're going to have to put them in their own room, and you're going to eventually have to do this thing called crying it out, and it's going to suck, not for your baby. They don't know the difference. They are not crying because they're in pain. But you as a parent, you're predeterminedly composed to associate crying with pain or with being upset or with something negative. So innately, as parents, when we hear our kids cry, whether it's because they want more milk or they want to have a dirty diaper or they bang their head, we always associate it with it being negative and that something is wrong. And when your child is sleeping and you hear them cry, like that's the craziest type of thing because you just assume that something's wrong. You jumping out of bed and running into the other room. Meanwhile, they're still asleep and they're just passed out, making little whining noises because they spit their pacifier out in the middle of their sleep, you know? But my daughter is a little bit different. And dads out there who are listening, if you've had the same experience, I'd love to know how you've coped with it and and been able to kind of level off your anxiety, um, if you've had the anxiety. But my daughter likes to do this thing called move around every which way in the middle of her sleep. And like, she just loves kicking her freaking legs all over the place. And the kicking of her legs, even when she's swaddled, what she actually does is scoots herself back and forth along the crib. So like the other night, I am, I like, I'm watching the monitor, staring at it, staring at it, staring at it, staring at it. I guess I've dozed off maybe 11, 11.30. All of a sudden, I wake up at 1, like not even because she's crying, just because I'm like, oh shit, I fell asleep. And I wake up at 1, and I look at the monitor, and... She started at the at, with her feet at the foot of the crib. All of a sudden now she's diagonal with her head up against the bars of the crib. And I'm like, what the hell is this girl doing? But she wasn't making a sound. She, I was like, all right, listen, it looks like her head is like not really touching. She doesn't seem to be, you know, crying like she's going to bang her head. Uh, let's see if I can get, a, get another couple of hours of sleep or, or something like that. All of a sudden I, I doze off and it's 2.20. And I look up again, and she's now completely flipped around with her head at the foot of the bed. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? How are you, like, turning yourself around? Like, what is going on? So I can't, I can't tell you how, like, 
gut-wrenching that is. And I know I say that word all the time, but I can't tell you how gut-wrenching that is to know that your like child is moving around and you're asleep. You know, like I, you feel like you should be up. Or at least I feel like I should be up making sure that like something's not going on. And, you know, of course, you then woke up at four o'clock that same morning and she's crying hysterically because she did, in fact, bang her head against the foot of the bed because she continued to scoot around trying to get comfortable. Now, I she probably gets that from me because I move around all the goddamn time in my sleep. All the time. I'm not a good sleeper. I'm tossing and turning. I'm flipping and moving. I don't scoot up and down the bed, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a grown person. I don't have a lot of room to scoot in, you know, but, you know, I, she probably gets that for me, um, but she's just moving around all the time, and that makes the anxiety rise even more, um, but that's kind of, as far as her development is concerned, that's what she's kind of been developing over the last couple of weeks is this ability to scoot. She's not crawling yet. She still doesn't have that arm strength, but her legs, she's like scooting all across the floor on her, um, uh, 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 when she's on her back. She's trying to scoot off the, the changing table, and now she's doing it in the crib. And I don't know, it just makes me so nervous that she's going to bang her head or sometimes the momentum is going to like flip her over. I don't know, man. I just haven't slept for the last four days, and they tell me that I'm supposed to sleep better now that she's not in the room. But I don't know what I'm going to do, man. This is this is the life of, of being a dad. It never freaking ends. You know, it just keeps going, and every week is a new thing that you have to get used to, a new process that you have to get used to, a new type of anxiety that you have to try to alleviate in yourself because... They, your, your, your child, your son, your daughter, they're fine. They're as happy as a clam because they don't know any better. Which is probably why kids are, are, are on, a, on a high level of genius and they pick up stuff so fast. Um, but because they're fine. They don't know any better. And as parents, this is kind of the time where we have to get over ourselves and understand that. Just because we have preconceived notions about certain things, we have to let that go because it doesn't mean that what they're doing is bad, like the kids, or they're in pain or anything like that. And that's really been the most difficult thing for me to get over this last week is to try to disassociate my associations with her reality. Um, Damn, that sounded deep. But anyway... That's what it's been this week. Um, the, the, the good thing is, is that we do have our bedroom back. So finally, I can lay in bed and watch Friends to go to sleep. You know what I mean? And, and that's great. Like Joey, Chandler, Ross, Rachel, Monica, Phoebe. I missed y'all. I haven't been able to hang out with y'all for like four months. Now we get to 11 o'clock, 1030. We get to hang out again as friends. It's like the gang's all back. I'm right in Central Park drinking some coffee. Oh, it's fantastic. Except I'm not drinking coffee because then I wouldn't go to sleep. I got my little chamomile tea going on, you know, watching your escapades. And that's been a beautiful thing. Um, and just having the freedom of having the room back, you know what I mean? Being able to get dressed or get ready in the morning, uh, especially with my wife being back at work. I'm sure it makes it for an easier transition for her. Now we have the room. She can kind of get 
dressed and like turn the lights on and not kind of get dressed in the dark. Um, so that is a fantastic thing about uh, about moving the baby. But I definitely recommend anybody out there. You know, I'll, I'll drop my two two bits of advice. Anybody out there, move your kid as sooner than later because I think for for the parents, it the later you do it, the harder for you to get acclimated to it. I have a feeling that your baby, it doesn't matter what age, they say start sleep training them at three months. Mine's almost five and she's sleeping better now than she did when she was in the bassinet with us. Especially those last two weeks that I talked about a couple weeks ago where she was kind of going through the regression, you know, but like move them sooner than later. That's my biggest, that's my piece of advice as far as like the whole sleeping thing and that type of transition because it's harder for you to get over it. They're going to be fine. They're going to learn that you train them, you give them a pacifier, you give them a really big bottle before they go to sleep and they're going to be fine. It's you that needs the actual training. Uh, and, and that disassociation. So th- that's what it is. That's what it's been. Week nineteen, moving a daughter. It's been a. It's been a, another new adventure, just like every week. Um, but you know what? As I say all the time, this too shall pass, and uh, you know we'll get over it together. You know. Um, but that's all for this segment of Dad Hard with a podcast. As always, keep sharing it, man. The the listens keep going going up. Um, and I'm just so blessed and amazed. You know, we're international. I have listeners that, that I'm seeing now in Germany, in the Netherlands, in Ireland, in Canada. Uh, and it's a be- beautiful thing. So please keep sharing it. 2020 is almost here. So, you know, we're going to have really cool interesting guests coming on the show in the start of 2020. I got some interesting takes to take you guys on. I'm very excited for how everything's developing. Very excited for the new year. Um, And and, and we'll play it like that. We're going to jump into the musical break. But first, we got our first official sponsor for the podcast. So shout out to Novalita Vintage Jewelry. We're going to talk about them for a little bit, jump into the musical break, and then I'm coming in on my guest segment. This week's guest, uh, another buddy that I went to school with, former running back for Northwestern. Uh, he now does uh, you know athletic coordination for uh, schools down in Houston, Texas. But the real reason I wanted to talk to him is because he has become the bouncy castle king of Houston, Texas. So we're coming back up with with Brandon Roberson in a minute. We're going to hit the musical break and then keep on rolling. Oh, yeah. I'd like to welcome everybody to the day of the life. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Check, check. It's 8 a.m. in the morning. Crack of dawn and it's still yawning. What the my eye roll over, tap my girl on the shoulder, rise and shine, baby girl, please open up the blinds, cause I'm so tired, I need to see the sunshine, I get up, roll me a blunt, and then I'm back on my feet to the streets, in the grind, cause I only got an hour before my first class starts, just enough time to get a couple of bags off, no time to waste after blowing all the sacks off, I ain't out the ball last night for all my people, gotta make it back so tonight can be the sequel, Attention all my fellow do-datters, 
fathers and future fathers out there. The holiday season is right around the corner. And if you're anything like me, you've saved those super special gifts for those super special women in your life until right about now. Well, I guess it was now a few days ago until I jumped on to NovaLeaderVintage.com and got my wife a super special, unique vintage gold jewelry piece. That's what they do. They take vintage gold pieces and repurpose them into one-of-a-kind, unique jewelry items, whether it's necklaces, rings, bracelets, you name it, it does not matter. Make sure you get the women in your life feeling super special with a super specialty, one-of-a-kind jewelry item from Nova Lita Vintage. That's N-O-V-A-L-I-T-A Vintage.com. Whether it's your wife, your partner, your mother, your grandmother, or even if you want to spoil your daughter, Make those special women in your life feel truly one-of-a-kind this holiday season with a one-of-a-kind vintage jewelry piece from NovaLitaVintage.com. And check out the Instagram because it's dope at NovaLitaVintage. Check it out. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Remember the sandbox, little league ball felt like the sandlot. I was the bambino, the salt on the swap, and Doc was more like Benny the Jet, no handy but yet. Pops tell us to drink up, like this will put some hair in your chest. That was before we knew how to stare at some breasts. But when you caught your first bad pair, that was the best. <laughs> the first sight had me in the front jump. We back to back with this week's episode of Dad Heart with a podcast. And like every week, you know once that music break hits, it's time for the guest segment of the pod. And this week, like every other week... I have a very special guest with y'all. Uh, we actually went to college together. He uh, he played for the Northwestern football team. Um, so shout out to that. Go Wildcats. We haven't really been all that good since he left. But, um, you know, uh, uh, he is now doing a whole bunch of stuff. Um, the father of two, he has his hands in so many different things, including being like the kid party king of Houston. Uh, so with no further ado, let me introduce my buddy, uh, Brandon Roberson. What's going on, man? Hey, Mo, thanks for having me, big dog. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Of course, man. Thank you for coming on. Um, I told you, like, when I, I follow you on Instagram and I just kept seeing you put all these posts about this bouncy house, bouncy house, bouncy house. And I was like, yo, I have to hit this guy up and see what all of this stuff is about. Um, so, like, what's going on? What's been good, man? How's everything? Oh, man, life is great, man. Like, like I tell everybody when I see him, man, I'm vertical. Things things are awesome. Uh, yep. Being a father is amazing. Uh, running a business is amazing. Being, being a mentor to kids, uh, that's amazing as well. So, man, just just doing the best that I can uh, to pass on great, great ideas, great, uh, great knowledge to kids. And I'm just loving life, man. 
For sure, man. I mean, it sounds like it. We talked we talked for the first time um, about doing a pod like a, a couple of weeks ago. And like just the, the the energy in your voice is like you can hear all the positive energy like, it's like coming out of you. I'm like, like feeding off it right now. And you're not even in the same room as me. You're on the phone. And I'm just like, hi, let's go. I'm excited. Um, but but let's talk, let's talk about this mentoring for kids um, for Let's start there uh, before we get into the fatherhood and everything like that, because I feel like that all blends together. Um, and I'm sure being a father helps you in that aspect. But what are you? You are what? The athletic director um, for for what? A school district or a school down in Houston? Yeah. So basically, I'm an athletic coordinator for a school down here in the Houston area. So basically, I coordinate all the uh, sports programs like football, uh, soccer, track, uh you know, pretty much all the sports. And, sure. you know, the thing that I love about that is, you know, I get to be connected with the kids. You know, I love football. I love basketball. love all those sports. And just having all those uh, experiences that I uh, went through at Northwestern, you know, th- those types of experiences are, you know, one, once-in-a-lifetime experiences. So the kids that I deal with every single day, you know, I get to kind of communicate that uh, to them. And, you know, whether they know it or not, you know, they're getting in- invaluable uh, lessons and communication, and uh, you know, I just love doing it, man. Yeah, for sure. And 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 it's and it's a cool way to kind of pass on your experience as a student athlete to to other athletes and kind of help to open up doors. I'm sure, like that's a big sense of pride for you is that you're able to kind of open up doors for these kids that. Um, you know, that would maybe not be opened if they didn't have someone like you with that experience to do that for them. No, for sure, man, for sure. I I definitely don't take uh, what I do for granted. Uh, I get to, you know, no one day is the same uh, being athletic coordinator, being a coach. So uh, the kid that needs to hear what I need to say, I definitely get to talk to them. And the kids that just need that extra motivation, you know, maybe, uh, something that I say that day, it pushes them over that edge to, you know, help them be successful, uh, whether it's in a game or whether it's to pass that, that algebra test that they're taking that day. For sure. I feel that. I dig that, man. That's so cool, bro. Um, and I love, did you always have like this passion for working with kids? I know you have the student athlete background, like we mentioned or whatever, but did you always have this passion for working for kids? Did you like get involved in this right out of college? Did it kind of, get a little bit deeper when you had your first daughter or, or when you had kids, et cetera? Um, or was it something that's always there? Well, you know what? When I had my daughter, man, that was my aunt. That was a feeling like no other. Of course. You know, just being able to say, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the dad. You know, that, that kind of touched, touched the chord with me because mm-hmm. the kids that I get to see every single day, you know, it, it, it kind of stinks to, to, to see it like this, but you know, I spend more time with a lot of the kids than their own parents do. Yeah. And, you know, I started looking at that as, you know what, I have to be, I pretty much have to be their father uh, when their parents are at work, right. when their parents are, or, or when their parents at home. So, you know, just having my own child, it gave me a different perspective as far as I'm going to have to be the parent, I'm going to have to be the coach, I'm going to have to be the mentor, I'm going to have to be... Uh, you know, the counselor, you know, I have to put on so many hats when I am in that role uh, on the campus because, right. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm influential for those kids. You know, if I'm not on, uh, if I'm not on 10, they're going to, they're pretty much going to go off my energy. So my energy has to 
be reflective of a positive role model and someone that they're going to look up to. Of course. I mean, it is. It's crazy. It really must be an extension of your fatherhood experience with your daughters. Now you're kind of, like you said, you're kind of having to be the father for a whole bunch of kids and other other athletes um, and stuff like that. Like, do you take, is there like pressure for, for you to like be on and like be focused in that mode every day? Not, not really, Mo. I mean, because, you know, after, after playing playing at the big house, you know, you play, you play at the horseshoe, uh, you know, this True. is kind of this is kind of easy. You know? <laughs> I love <laughs> you know? it. I love it. It said so cool, calm, and collected, just like you would, too. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely, you know, I approach it as, you know, I approach it as when, when, you, when you do things like go to Camp Kenosha and you have uh, fall football camp, uh, I mean, things like, you know, being a, being a mentor, that, that comes easy. Word. I can take that. And was that like, I'll go back to my previous question. Cause I kind of took it off my own tangent from asking you the question, but did, did you always have a passion for, and always want to kind of get involved and give back to kids? Or was that something that kind of materialized out of nowhere? Uh, you know what? It, I would say it kind of materialized out of nowhere. Wow. Um, yeah, it just kind of, bam, it came to me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take this gift that uh, that God gave me. I'm going to take this idea and I'm going to run with it. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of turned into other things yeah. For sure. <laughs> as well. For sure. Now, did you do, as far as the athletic coordinator, you took that before or after you had your first kid? I actually took that job after I had uh, my first daughter, okay. my first uh, child, Ava. Okay. And you said then. I, I mentioned quickly, but do you think that she's actually helped being the father to her has helped you in that role or vice versa? Absolutely. I mean, once you become a parent, I mean, it's it's like no other feeling in the world because sure. you, your patience. I mean, it's like, man, I got patience out of nowhere because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to make sure your daughter is, uh, well, your children, you want to make sure they're, they have the best. You want to make sure that, you know, you take time with her you want to make sure you read to her. you want to make sure you're you're doing all those things and in the perfect sequence to make sure that you know you're setting your daughter up for success sure and that's that's what i try to do with the kids that i uh, interact with every single day and 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 that's also kind of what you've also done for your daughters as well with this other business that you have which i just found i know i mentioned it at the beginning of the interview but i just found this so interesting because and that's why i had to talk to you because you run now a bouncy house bouncy castle business you started it from scratch um how did you come up with that type of an idea? Did your daughters just like love bouncy houses and you're like, hey, I could do this? Or like, how did that come to you? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. We were, uh, we were at a party one, one day and, you know, you know, as a, as a, as a parent, you know, your, your child have, they have, they have a, a busier schedule within, than parents most of the time. Yeah. So anyways, we were at a, we were at a party. She was bouncing on this bounce house and I'm looking and then I looked at my wife, uh, and I was like, "Man, that's that's awesome!" You know, she's she's loving this this bounce house. So me and my wife got an idea when we got home, and you know, I was like, "Man, what do you think about you know actually making a bounce house business and you know going into this?" And she looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I would have too. I would have looked at you like you were crazy too. 
Absolutely. She looked at me like I was crazy. But, you know, I started doing some research. I started looking it up. I was like, you know what? How much is it going to get? How much is it going to be to to get into this? How much, uh, how much overhead? And, you know, after a while, I just said, you know what? I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm just going to do it. So, you know, we jumped in it head first and bam, here we are three years later. That's crazy. And what you, you do design it. Like I see, I, I checked out the website. I did all, I did all the whole thing. I told you, I did a deep dive on this whole thing. Once I saw all these posts on Instagram, did, do you like rent them? Do you design them yourself? Cause you have so many different like designs and different styles. You have the, the Batman one and a, and a justice league and a Pokemon and all that stuff. How do you go about doing that? And getting that even together, like this is just a concept that kind of blows my mind. Like, um, right. So, so basically, what I did, I uh, I contacted the manufacturers and I pretty much asked them questions. I said, "Hey, which ones are you selling the most of? Which ones do you think will, uh, you know, pr- provide the most return? Gotcha. On, or, you know, most return on investment." And you know, a lot of the guys they were they were upfront, they were honest. You know, they weren't just trying to get my money so I could purchase them. But, you know, a lot of that information that they gave me was, was man, it was valuable. Yeah. Because a lot of a lot of the uh, the units that I purchased on the first uh, first go round, you know, I, I still have a lot of those units and you know, they're out every single weekend. They're at parties, wow. you know, they're they're at weddings, they're you know, Kensingators are really big down here in Texas. So, man, they're everywhere. We actually did a Christmas party this past weekend. Uh Actually, it was about uh, it was about 150 miles away, and it's just amazing because I'm I'm here in Houston, Texas, and in Willis, Texas, which is you know like I just said, 150 miles away, they heard about Robert Moonwalks, which is wow. which is awesome. You know? That's awesome. And where do you where are you keeping it? Like you 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 have all these styles, and you just have them kind of banked up. They just like all inflated in your backyard, with your daughter just bouncing off them, on them all day. <laughs> So, so what we do is we, uh, you know, you know, you deflate them, you roll them up. Uh, so it's kind of like a uh, sleeping bag. You roll, you roll them back up. You put them up nice and neat. Uh, so what we do is we have uh, we have several storage facilities where we keep them, cool. uh, where we keep the generators, we keep the chairs, tables, uh, all of our event rentals. Uh, we keep them stored away. But do your daughters get to test out every one of them? Like, do you bring them home uh, and you're like, baby, man. we got to, we got to check this one out. What do you think? Go, go, give it a bounce. Yeah, you know the crazy thing is, I, my 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 oldest my oldest Ava, who's three, when the eighteen wheeler kind of rolls up with the you know when we buy new units, she knows like she definitely knows and she's like, yeah, she gets excited. She's like, oh, you know, she calls me Baba. She's like, Baba, you know, we there's new bounce houses, so you know she definitely gets to test them out. She's our she's our test you know she's our bounce house tester. So if she approve if she approves it, you know we're pretty much good to go. And if they don't pass the test, is it a yeah. rat? No, nope, take it back. Oh, they're, take this guy. Oh, they're out of there. They're out of there. <laughs> you know she. She doesn't approve. They're gone. We got to take it back. <laughs> That's great. That's amazing. So they do. They must love that um, that you do this. You know what I mean? Because they, I feel like they probably see it as like the funnest thing that their dad could do. Because I'm sure all of their friends are having birthday parties with the bouncy houses and everything like that. And they're like, "Yeah, my daddy does that." Do they just like love the, this whole thing? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Anytime. Anytime they can mention it, you know, my daughter knows, she knows, hey, that's a bounce house. That's an obstacle, obstacle course. You know, that's a combo unit. She knows, 
everything. And she's three years old, which, you know, that's that's the amazing part about it, because not only am I teaching her, you know, what 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 dad does, but hopefully I can teach her to be an entrepreneur and right. to control her own destiny with this business, you know. And that's something that you want to do with her, you know, you, right? You, I know you mentioned this when we uh, had a preliminary talk before, but like that was a big motivation for you to start this business was that you wanted something to be able to pass on down to your daughter um, and stuff like Correct. that, yeah? Correct. And, and not, not even necessarily this business, just uh, letting her see or letting, letting both my daughters see hey, dad started a business. It's a successful business. I can do the same thing. I don't have to go and work for somebody else. Right. And that's 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 what I want them uh, to get out of this whole process of us, us running a business. And is that something you always want to do? Do you always want to have your own business, start your own business and run it? Was, was that something that you were just inspired to do um, by seeing this bouncy house line at, at, a, at a birthday party? Um, how did that come about? Where did the inspiration for that come from? Well, like, you know, like like I discussed with you last time, my daughter, uh, my first, that firstborn will inspire you to do many things. It's very and, true. You know, it was, it was, it was, you know, when I held her and I was like, man, you know, this girl is going to make me do wonderful, you know, wonderful things. And, you know, she motivated me to, hey, eventually, I mean, you know, I wanted to run a business before. So I was like, there's no time like the present. So we're going to go ahead and get this thing started. That's fantastic. So my, yeah, my daughter definitely, definitely pushed us to go ahead and start it. And you also had the, you also had the background for it or your wife comes from like a line of entrepreneurs, which also must have been an inspiration as well. Correct, correct. You know, my wife, she's, oh man, her, you know, her dad's a hard worker. You know, he's, uh, he's a big family doctor in Chicago. And, uh, you know, he's also branched out into doing, uh, other entrepreneurial, you know, businesses, which, you know, that's, that's motivation to me. Uh, a lot of her, you know, a lot of her family members are, mo- you know, are, uh, business owners. So just being around that culture, you know, it, and it, it just helps you and it keeps you motivated. And it just definitely keeps me, uh, keeps me going. I'm sure it's a great guiding light as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, when you, when you're in a business, there's, there's plenty of times where you're like, man, I don't know if this is for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give this up. But, you know, you have those people to bounce ideas off of. And it's just, uh, man, it's amazing just to have that, uh, that, you know, those types of people to be safety nets, uh, against your own self. Yeah. And how, how 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 much are you looking forward for your daughter to start bouncing those ideas off you that you can't wait for that to happen? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I'm 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 waiting for it now, but you know, they're three and one, so I'm gonna have to wait a couple more years. Ah, you never uh, know. You never yeah, know. You were right about that. They're, they're definitely getting smarter, so hopefully I can uh I can start giving advice out here. In the near future. Yeah, man. Uh, let me now. Let's let, let's talk a little bit about fatherhood because that's what we can relate. I can relate to selling bouncy houses. You know what I mean? I, I I'm in New York. I'm, my, people here don't even have the space for 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 a bouncy house. Um, but um, but what what's been being a father been like for you, man? Like how? I mean, I know how it's been for me. I talk about it every week. Uh, what, what's that whole experience been like for for you, man? Well, you know what? Uh, it's a different definitely a different journey every single day. Uh, you know, one day you may be at the little gym one day, 
I might be at swim lessons one day. I might be at dance class. Yeah. So it's it's definitely no, no day's the same. Um, you know, my biggest my biggest advice for any new parent is to have a plan of action. You know, you you got to sure. have a plan of action. You can't just go into the blind. You know, you know, at, at least be prepared to uh, just be prepared to provide your 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 kid with some type of success. You know, I'm not sure. saying you know. You know, have have, the, have them reading by the first week or anything like that. But you know, just bring them to a positive culture and just have them ready to to be successful. You know? Did you do anything specifically or anything specific to like prepare for fatherhood? Did like were you prepping for it? Were you and wi- your wife like trying for like a while and and, and like knew like this was going to happen? Did it pop out of nowhere? I'm always interested to like hear those type of stories because for me, I. Like we we were trying uh, to 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 make it happen, but when it didn't become real for me that this baby was actually about to pop out until like we bought the stroller, like that's when it became we- real. From I brought the stroller, not even when I purchased it because I purchased it online, but when I actually came home and took it out the box, I was like, oh shit. I'm about to have a baby. Like that's what it was was for me. Did, was did you have anything similar? Were you just like locked in once you found out you were pregnant the whole nine, or was it kind of a did you read all the books and do all that type of stuff, or did you kind of just like I'm gonna take it as it comes and see what happens? You know what? It was pretty much you know I did, we didn't read any books. We were just like no, I didn't think it was real until we were actually going to the hospital. That's what a lot of people say. It's what a lot of people yeah, say. I, you know, I was like, okay, yeah. Like, I see the belly. I understand all that. But, you know, I'm not going to get excited until we start getting, you know, like, until it's game time. For sure. So, as we were going to the hospital, I was like, oh, man, this this is actually happening. You know, we're going to the hospital room. You know, the nurses are taking taking my wife. They're taking me in. Uh, you know, my wife, was she was induced. So, we had, you know, a specific day to go in. Right. So it, it got real uh, once uh, the nurse said, you know, the nurse checked my wife and she was like, oh, my goodness, I need to find a doctor. Oh, That's shit. when things got real for me. Wow. <laughs> I like, oh. right. That's, I mean. I, 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 popped up, I popped up off the seat and I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's when, you know, palms got sweaty. These weak arms are heavy. Vomit on you sweater you, already. <laughs> I was telling you, it was, hey, it was go time. I was like, okay. Yeah, man, that it really, it, it it really is crazy, and I talk about it a lot on here because that's what a lot of people say that I talk to. They're like, you know, it wasn't real until it was actually real, and like it came out because it's just like this tan, this theoretical thing that is supposed to happen. And you don't know if it's like actually going to happen. You know, it's it's such a it's such a crazy ride. So, um, that, that that's it, it. It is wild. That that whole birth situation is wild. Um, but again, like for me, it became real with the stroller, which I think actually made me more prepared for when the baby got here. Because my wife also she was induced, or they tried to induce her, didn't work. She two days after her due date, um, we did. Doctor's finally like, you know what? We're sending you in for a C-section. The baby's breached. Blood pressure's going up, whatever. So we ended up having to have, have a C-section. Um, but like, I was already kind of ready for that. Like, yeah. I was kind of cool yeah. as a cucumber um, during that time. 
uh, because I had this stroller moment and it was so weird. I keep asking everybody uh, when they had this moment thinking that somebody's going to have the same thing, but everybody's kind of on your page. Nobody, nobody feels me on that one, you know? <laughs> no, for sure, man. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely a, uh, it's definitely different experiences for everybody. But yeah, it, it, it was, it was a definitely a surreal moment. For sure, and then and, and what about the second? Was it was it similar? Because um, this is another thing I'm always interested in when I talk to people that have two kids. Is like, are all those moments, those feelings, is it kind of the, is it the same with the second one, or are you a little bit more calm? Is it, it a little bit less intense once you have that? Once you already had that first one, you've been through it before, or is it all just like the same intensity, same excitement, same everything? You know, it's it's the same excitement. It was the same excitement for me. Uh, you know, once I saw her, I was like, oh, man, my baby girl, I got another princess. Yeah. But as far as reading all the books and uh, reading every night and feeding them all organic stuff, man, for us, that totally went out the window for the second. You know? Really? <laughs> you know? That's what everybody is, says. Because you know, for the first one, we were trying to do everything right, you know, <laughs> taking ourselves so serious. But for the second one, you know, we kind of relaxed and, you know, Oh, you know, she she ate something off the ground. You know, oh, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, it is what it is for that one. But for the person, we'd have been like, oh no, get that out of her mouth. Right. So, uh, the pacifier falls in the ground. You're like running to sterilize it and, and whatever. But then the second one, you just like lick it off and put it right back in there. I yeah, I've seen know, it all. So, That's so for sure, man. And, they, and their personalities definitely reflect that, man. You know, really? Our, uh, you know, Mia, the the, the one year old, she's like, ah, whatever. You know, it fell on the floor. I'm still eating. What? <laughs> my daughter Ava? Oh no, she's not. She won't touch it. Really? No, that's wild. It. So that's a, so that's a whole other thing. See, this is why I love these conversations because that's a whole other thing. You your daughters are still very young, right? And 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 they're very close together. You're really already seeing kind of the divergence of how they're growing up from a personality standpoint. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, Ava, she's our she's our princess. She wants to wear a Disney dress every five minutes. And Mia, you know, she's just tormenting her big sister. You know, she's you know, uh, you know, Ava's building blocks. Mia comes and knocks it over. She starts laughing. So you know, we definitely got a little comedian, and we have a, a little princess. So it's the dynamics are very, very much different in the house. And, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to keep the peace and it's already started. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are just trying to be referees at this point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then sometimes I have to tell my, my three-year-old because the one-year-old is tough, you know, you know, I tell the three-year-old, I'm like, Ava, you know, you're going to have to stand up for yourself eventually. And what is and, it? And uh, is, she, is she getting to that point yet? Of like, uh, uh, of doing it? Or is she still like, daddy, daddy, help me. Yeah, He's picking on me. I think she, I think she uses that daddy, daddy. I think she uses that a lot to kind of, just kind of get her way and have dad do her work for her, you know. But you know, I can't always be the muscle, so I'll she's definitely gonna have to figure that out. And you know, we we see those types of uh, characteristics in our kids right now, and you know, we try to help them and guide and lead them in the right way uh, so that they can do that. Uh, those types of things once they get to school and social settings and things right. like that. I know you said the personalities are a little bit different, but are they are they interacting in a way where they're kind of doing the same things, watching the same stuff on TV, playing with the same type of toys, stuff like that, or or just like their personalities? Are they doing kind of completely different stuff uh, than each other? 
Well, you know, they, a lot of the times they, you know, like, for example, we were watching the Grinch last night as a family, you know, they were glued to the TV, you know, we're asking them questions and, uh, you know, they were, they were both into that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the one year old, she likes Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and the three year old, you know, she's too grown for that now. So, I got you. Uh, she's like, I'm not a baby. I can't watch that. So, you know, we definitely have to talk to her about things like that. And, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, they, they, they have the similar interests. Uh, but for example, my, my three-year-old, she's at dance class right now. Okay. Uh, so, you know, she's able to do things like that. And the one-year-old's kind of, you know, she's not, she's not there yet. She's not, uh, you know, she's not twirling around doing little princess dances, getting recitals and things like that. So, uh, you know, she's, she's, she's a little behind on that. Is she going to be the athlete? The little one's going to be the athlete. I I think so. (laughs) I'm definitely seeing that. I think, I think my, uh, I think Ava's going to be like a doctor or something. So she's, her vocabulary is just out of this world. Really? You know, it's like she came out of the womb talking. Really? <laughs> you know? That's, I, I, I'm thinking my daughter's going to do that. I keep saying, I was actually, at, I took my daughter to a puppet show today. Um, like not, not too long before we got on the call and you know, she was like the youngest person there. And this is like the second or third time that I've taken her to one of these classes. And it's been the case where she's like the youngest. And everybody, all of the kids, like two, one and a half, whatever. My daughter's like four months. And she's the only one talking. She's just, she's yapping her mouth at everything. She sees a new puppet. She's like, ow! All the babysitters are there, like looking, like laughing hysterically. It was like it was her show. She was like putting on the show. I was like, ah. You're going to be like your father. I can already tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and you can tell. You, you can definitely tell the, uh, the sim- with the similarities. You can tell who's who. Uh, like I always say, my, my oldest is just like me. My uh, youngest aunt looks just like my, looks just like my, looks like she spit her out. Really? <laughs> and, she, and she acts just like her. We still don't know who who my daughter looks like. We asked literally everybody we come come into contact with. We're like we both we like put her in the middle of like me and my wife. We're like okay, who does she look like? And no, she doesn't look like either one of us at all whatsoever. I don't know where she came from, but she's she doesn't look like either of us. Sometimes she looks like my daughter's brother when he was a baby. Sometimes she looks like my mother. Sometimes she looks like my grandmother. Sometimes she looks like my wife's mother. I, just, but she don't look like either of us at all whatsoever. It's crazy. I'm like petrified when I take her to these classes because my wife, um, my wife is white and I'm mixed, right? And my daughter came out very, very, very white. And so I'm always, I'm always nervous that I'm going to take her to these classes and they're going to be like, who are you? And why are you with this daughter? Are you sure you're this daughter's father? And like, and somebody's going to try to like think I'm stealing this this daughter because she looks nothing like me and our skin colors are completely different. I like walk around the streets like petrified, just like hoping that like they know my face from the last time I brought them to this class and I'm not trying to like do anything crazy or anything right. like that. You know, no, no, that's my, that's my experience. I'll just say that today. People just look at me crazy because my, my daughter looks nothing like me. I was like, damn. Uh, but she's going to be just yeah. like me. I can tell that right now. She's going to be loud and talk a lot and loud and talk a lot, you know. Hey, that's, <laughs> hey, 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 that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, some kids are kind of shy. And it's like, you know, I love kids that are just outgoing and, you know, they, they know how to communicate. That's, For sure. that's what I love. Yeah, I, you know, and, and I love that interaction with, with kids. You know what I mean? I mean, with, with my daughter specifically, like, even though she can't really do anything, I 
she can interact. And once they can have that interaction and you can communicate with them, whether it's like speaking or just like playing around, it's like the best thing ever. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is, man. It definitely is. You know, it's, it's kind of, uh, it, it, it kind of shows, you know, us as parents, it's like, okay, they can actually get out there, they can communicate on their own. Okay, I'm doing something right as a parent. For sure. With, you know, with, with the communication part of things, you know? Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we try to, like, read to her every day and, and, and talk. I read, to, I read an article the other day that, like, just talking around your baby will, like, increase their, like, mental capacity and intelligence and, and communication skills and, like, all this stuff. So I'm like, oh, yes, my daughter is going to be so lucky because I haven't stopped talking since 83, you know? <laughs> Hey, yeah, that's see, that's awesome. You know, we we definitely try to do that around uh, both our kids. So they, I'll, look, I'm hoping they don't have any issues with communication. For sure, between uh, between my my uh, my wife and myself, yeah, we we talk more than enough. <laughs> I, I can I, I can dig it. I can definitely definitely dig it. Do you do, do you do a lot of the baby talk? Are you, I mean, I know they're three you know and one, but you know what? We don't. We try not to do the baby talk just okay. because uh, I, I don't know. I, I just it just doesn't feel right doing the baby talk. Uh, well, you played in the big house. Played in the big house for four years, and now you can't do baby talk with your kid. I, I, I guess so, man. I, I guess so. You, once you put the pads on and put the helmet on, baby talk is kind of out the window. I, I don't think a lot of my teammates will let me live that down. <laughs> right. but, you know, but you never know. They may give, they may give me a pass just because you know it's, you know it's baby girl. Let's yeah, give them a pass. for sure. For sure, you got to give a pass on a girl. You got to do everything for them. You know what I mean? Like not not like everything for them, but I mean. That there's something about having a girl, and I don't have a boy, so I don't really know the difference. I'm speaking kind of halfway out of my behind, but like I know how I feel about having a girl, and I kind of always wanted a boy, um, because like I always wanted to have like a boy that I could go like sh- play basketball with, play catch, and throw the football, whatever. But having a daughter has been unbelievable, and I would never want to have it any other way at all, whatsoever, because. The way that, like, and I'm sure it's with a son too, but, like, the way that a baby girl just, like, looks up at you. Those, like, sparkling eyes and, like, long eyelashes. You're just like, oh, my God. I've, like, created perfection. Yeah, it's like, it's no other. You you can't put into words how that makes you feel. You know, and as a dad, it it completely changes the person that you used to be before that, that baby girl was born. You know, 100%. like right now, I'm like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think I could, I don't think I could strap on the pads anymore. You know, like, well, once you start baby, talking baby talk, you can't go yeah, back. To exactly. Uh, yeah, there you go, man. So, <laughs> yeah, but definitely changes who you are. It, it soft, it softens, it softens the heart. Uh, you know, you become more patient. Uh, you, you definitely, uh, you know, you definitely watch how you communicate for with sure. Everybody. For sure. Because, you know, they're they're watching everything you do because, hey, I want to be like dad. I want to be like mom. So, you know, your communication skills, you know, they definitely pick up. Yeah, that's true. It's very true. And it it sounds weird because we're talking about a baby, but like it actually expands your communication skills. As an adult, I feel like it expands how you communicate. Uh, like you said, just not not just with the baby, but it, with, with other people and and how you communicate Absolutely. with the world and everything like that, which is a really crazy thing. It's something I never would have thought would have happened 
having a kid. You know what I mean? You don't think that the, those type of things. I mean, I never would have thought about communi- my communication capabilities changing, period, ever, kid or no kid. But like, these are the type of like crazy things that change so much once you have a child. Um, and it's just wild. Like, nobody really like talks about that or says that or maybe even notices it. Um, but it's just, and that's why I like having these conversations because. You know, it, it's cool to know that other people are having these kind of similar type of experiences and, and everything like that, even though uh, I'm up here in New York, you're down there in Houston and um, doing a whole Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. We're dealing with the same type of issue, yep. we, you know, day in, day out. For sure. For sure. Um, so the last, the last couple of things, we'll wrap up here in a second, B. Um, you know, the last couple of things I always ask people, there are two questions um, that I ask before I let everybody go. Um, For sure. And you've already alluded to one of them, so I'll come back to that last. Uh, but the, the first thing, and what I think it actually is the most important and is the definition of why I started this podcast and what I want to um, get out of every conversation that I have for the podcast is what is your favorite experience or your favorite thing about being a dad? You know what? I would say... Just being to model what it means to be a good, good human being. Oof. You know, you know, it's 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 real easy to be. It's, it's easy to be. You know, it's easy to be an asshole. Let's be honest. Hundred percent. But it's it takes a higher level of thinking. It takes you know integrity, uh, character. It takes discipline to be a, a, a great person every you know every single day. Hundred percent. And once I'm a great person, I'm going to show my I'm going to show you know I'm going to show my daughters how. This is how you treat people. It wow. doesn't matter if this group over here is acting a certain way. You always act with integrity. And I'm going to show you how to act with integrity because, you know, I'm your father and that's my responsibility. Yeah. I love that. That's a good one. I like that one. That is a really, really, really good one. That might be that, that might be like top two that I've heard from, from these conversations. I really like that. That's, that's fantastic. Um and the other one, the other question I asked, and you alluded to it a little bit before, um, is you're a little bit ahead of me, right? You have a daughter that's three, a daughter that's one, months, four months. So, you know, the other reason why I have this podcast is that so I can learn what the hell I'm doing as a dad. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 none, of us, none of us really know, let's that, be honest. It's we're, we're very just trying. true. We're trying. It's true. It's true. But, um, you know, I like to ask, ask those with more experience than I do so that I can learn. Um, what's your biggest piece of advice? Like to, to me, to new dads, like I said, you alluded to it before, but you know, what would be your biggest piece of advice to, to a a newer dad that's trying to wrap his whole head around this adventure? Honestly, just don't take yourself so serious, man. You know, just take it one day at a time and, and do the best that you can. Don't, you know, don't compare yourself to, to Johnny down the street. Don't don't compare yourself to, to even, you know, your dad, your cousin. Right. You know, definitely, definitely do the best that you can do. And, and you know, at the, at the end of the day, when you look in the mirror, hey, if you've done the best that you can do, there's nothing else to be said. Oh, that's, and, that's, an, that's and another nice. thing, 
Get all, dads, all dads, all dads that are listening, get you a five twenty nine plan as soon as that, as soon as that child is born, get you a five twenty nine plan going uh, to get that college education paid for. Actually, you're actually the second person. You're the second person I've had on the show that mentioned that mentioned that. Uh, so I, this is the second time I'm taking notes on it. Um, now I actually got to go and make that happen and, and do that. Um, because now two people said it. Now, now I'm just an idiot if I don't go ahead. Hey, hey I just confirmed it. <laughs> yep. That's exactly. You get one piece of advice, then you get it confirmed, and then you put it into action. I'm all about yes. it. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> baby. Let's get it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, Brandon, man, this has been fantastic. I appreciate you uh, taking the time and, and, and talking. Um and, but before we go, how can people, anybody that's listening down in, in, in Houston, and I know there are people listening down in Houston because my half of my wife's family is down there um, and whatever. So if they're listening, I know they know some people, they could pass it on. How can people uh, get in get in touch with, with Orbit Moonwalks and bring some of your bouncy houses to their party? Absolutely. Uh, so we have a website, www.orbitsmoonwalks.com, or you can call... Uh, Call us on the business phone, 832-998-0545. And what's, the, and what's the Instagram? Because that's how I found out about it. I know you, you know post what? a lot of stuff about the Instagram. So, Absolutely. Hey, check me out at, uh, at BROB11, or you can check out the business page at Orbit Moonwalks. Perfect. Beautiful. Check him out, man. He is doing fantastic things. I was, I, I told you, I saw, I follow him. I follow him. We went to school together. So I've been following him for a while. And all of a sudden, I just saw these bouncy castles popping up. And they're so elaborate. Like, I've never Absolutely. seen, I like, I, I'm in New York. So you think that we got the most lavish and, and extravagant stuff all the way around. But nothing is like these. Like, I haven't seen anything like these. So if you are dads listening, if you're trying to get a bouncy castle, bouncy house, you know, get in touch and and uh and and hook my man up, man. This is he's on the podcast. We're doing we're doing it big. Dads gotta support each other in this fatherhood, brotherhood. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, absolutely. So B, I really appreciate it again. Thank you for coming on and I will talk to you soon, my brother. Absolutely, Mo. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, boss. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you soon, bro. And that is all for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast. Thank you again to my guest, Brandon Roberson. And definitely check him out. Check out Orbit's Moonwalks if you're down in the Texas area. I'm sure even if he, he said 150 miles away from Houston, no problem. He's got you covered. So definitely check him out, orbitsmoonwalks.com. Um, and that's all for us. As always, to connect on a fatherhood brotherhood, send us an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow the Instagram at dadhardpod and the Facebook, facebook.com slash dadhardpod. Until next week, same dadhard time, same dadhard place. We're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. I'm talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. 
that home cooking. Can't beat that, man. You remember. And if not, need to rewind this one. I'm out in the day before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun.